Hi, this is Jim Butcher. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Junk Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Sci-Fi Junk Podcast. This is Matt McIntosh, your host. And um, I do not have any other guests with me this week. I um, It's been quite a while since I've recorded. I kind of got bummed out back a few uh, weeks ago when I recorded a wonderful sci-fi... Excuse me. When I recorded a wonderful... Um, podcast about Star Wars with Troy. It was probably one of the best three hours of Star Wars talk that, that I've had in a very long time. Um, and uh, Troy and I, uh, I think we both enjoyed ourselves. And then when I got done, I realized that I was sitting there with um, 17 minutes of recorded material, the first 17 minutes. And something had broke, and it did not record the remainder of it. Um, quite disappointing. Um, I was quite uh, bothered by it, and so it's been a while since um, since I recorded it. Now, that said, I did want to get in here and do something about Star Wars. You know, I thought about going out and doing a. Um, something on one of the several movies that I've seen recently, but you know, I, I feel strongly about the Star Wars uh, um, Force Awakens, um, and so I wanted to make sure that I got something out here about it, and um, and hopefully I can uh, get into this style of, of recording a little bit more frequently. And um, you know, the idea here is is to take it at a little bit different pace than normal. Um, take my time, go through it a little bit more thoroughly, um, dig into some of the complex issues a little bit more, and not necessarily the, the complex issues as you would think of as, you know, I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan and what did this mean and what did that mean, but more on the lines of um, why I think that they did things that they did and why I think it, that it was better than a lot of people are giving it credit for or worse than a lot of people are giving it credit for. Um, so... That said, um, you know, when I get to a point that shows something that I thought was uh, um, something Troy had said to me, or I remember it, or I think about it, then I'll make an effort to uh, to include it and to at least say something about it and um, what I remember about his and then um, his response. And hopefully, I will uh, try to refrain from saying anything that I don't remember clearly and try to make sure that I get anything that I did say accurate. Um, and then, of course, uh, whatever I mess up, I'm sure he will let me know about it. Um, Troy, it was a blast, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do it, and I know we discussed possibly doing it again, and I got busy and just haven't really had time. So um, I'm going to go over a few points that I have about the Star Wars movie. Um, I think that from from my perspective, it, it kind of gives credence to a few of the things that I think that they did that not everyone clearly agrees with. So um, a lot of people said, well, you know, they went back and they made it too much like the original um, A New Hope, which was the first Star Wars release or the fourth in the series. Um, the first in the first trilogy, the fourth in the ser- in the full Star Wars series. So, um, the theme in A New Hope obviously was, you know, um, 
had, had, and and this one, a Force Awakenings, had a lot of parallels. Now, conceptually, I'm not going to go into the details of each of those. Most of you know that. I'm going to go into more of the reasons that I feel that this movie was better um, than each of the individual's opinions of it and why I think that. I, I strongly believe that there were three or possibly four true focus groups that they had to appeal to here. Um, and that's not easy. I mean, expectations for for one group is hard enough to um, to to manage to get right, especially to a group of fans that are as hard as Star Wars fans. And the 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 second first set of trilogy movies, the first three in the series, the second set that was second trilogy released, is proof that that isn't easy to do. There was a lot of pre-existing fans that didn't enjoy it, um, didn't like it, didn't think it held the quality that the first set held, um, so on and so forth. Some, some, you know. Um, personally, I think that if you go back and you watch the films really close, that they that they were actually really well done. Some of the storyline, maybe, maybe not. Some people say like, you know, the pod races took too long. And blah blah blah. Well, you know, those are all kind of gives and takes. But I think in this this movie, the one thing they had to do is they had to appeal to these three groups in order to have a large enough um, group of people like the movie, so that it could set lots of records and makes lots of lots of money. Uh, that shouldn't always be exactly the goal, obviously. I mean, the goal of, ma- of making movies for Hollywood may in fact be to make lots of movies. That doesn't mean that it's the goal of the movie maker themselves. Um, you know, sometimes it's just to, to tell the story. Sometimes, you know, it's just to get a point across. And sometimes it's, it's, a, it's, it's a little of both. And I th- honestly think that a lot of the people that truly care about Star Wars... Um, care so strongly that that protected the authenticity or the hardcore fan of Star Wars from this becoming a nightmare for them. But I think that possibly Disney's involvement, involvement, possibly their experience in the uh, just in the general in the in the movie making business um, a lot of other things whereas where you're going to make sure it has those elements to appeal to the to the newer crowd so in my experience in, in my thoughts you have three very distinctive crowds here and to be honest with you I don't have a lot of notes on this I'm just doing this from my thoughts and thinking over the last couple of months since this movie released I mean we're coming up on two months and I've seen it multiple times, four, I think. Um, so I, I think that first they had to appeal to a new group, a new crowd that's out today, right now. Someone walking into that theater for the first time needs to understand that movie from the get-go. And a lot of the old hardcore fans or a lot of these fans are going to say, "Ah, oh, what the heck with them, go back and watch 
the original series, and oh, make sure you watch the, the first trilogy first, and the second trilogy second, and blah, 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 or watch the original stuff first, and, and, and there's all kinds of this complicated stuff. It's too many precursors on somebody who wants to go sit down and watch Star Wars because of all the hype to be successful. You can't, you, you can't make a successful film. Now, in my opinion, once you get them in the theater because of the hype, because they can sit down and watch it, then I think there's enough there, and this is my first point on new people. You have to appeal to the new people. You had to have enough people saying, hey, look, um, this is a great movie all by itself. If you haven't seen Star Wars, go see it anyway because it's wonderful. They go, they see it, they have a lot of interest in it, they like it, it's a good movie, and at that point it has enough of the original Star Wars that they're drawn to those original movies, those original films, those original stories, to pull them out of that hurdle of you have to watch these six movies before you watch one movie. But, at the same time, they're not required to do that before they go in to see the movie as a prerequisite. And, and you can understand this from, um, you know, this had to have been on the minds of the people working on this, of, look, how do we make this movie appeal to not only those fans that have watched all the previous stuff before, and then now want to go watch this, but also um, to those new fans being able to understand it and to not be... Um, put off by the fact they need to watch six movies before they go in and, and see it. So, I, I think quite successfully they included enough there that the storyline was enough intact independently of itself, by itself, starting today that a new fan could sit down and watch the Star Wars movies movie, this one and enjoy it. There's also a great likelihood, in my opinion, that they would be interested to go back and see the first six, but it's not necessary. If they had no interest, if they, you know, they, they did it because of the hype, but they really didn't do it because, they, you know, they're a great, um, uh, you know, not a great fan of this style of writing, so that if they did it because of the hype, well, then they're okay. They can still enjoy it. Then you have what I call the hardcore fans. Those fans that all truly honestly believe that you need to watch the first three movies that were released in the order they were released, being A New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back and, and Return of the Jedi. Those first. And then you need to watch the new trilogy that came out. And... Uh, these fans are torn on some love the new stuff, some hate the new stuff, some are in the middle and think that it's it's okay. But these fans have been around since 77 when it first started. They know what to expect. And the new movie, in my opinion, appealed to them because A, it had enough tribute to the past the Darth Vader's head, you know, mask sitting there. The storylines being similar in nature of history repeats itself. The 
these elements. It had enough of these elements for them to. Uh, I can't remember when the when the previews came out when this when the, they started off, and it was um, we saw the uh, the Tie Fighter crashed in the sand next to the Battle Star. Actually, it wasn't a Battle Star. It was a uh, one of the big uh, Empire ships. I don't even remember the type the classification it was, but. It, it was sitting there, and I remember thinking, oh, that's just fantastic. And then you get a, a view of of uh, the Millennium Falcon. And in the TV series, in, not in the TV series, in the movie, you know, she's running back to the, uh, running to the ship trying to get away from the, ba- from, from the uh, First Order. And he says, well, we need, a, we need a pilot. And he says, well, we have a pilot. And he says, where are you going? And she says, well... We're going to the ship, and he says, well, how about that one? Now, you don't know at this point that he's pointing over to the Millennium Falcon. She's like, no, it's a piece of junk. And then one she's running to blows up, and she says, well, a piece of junk will work just fine. And they turn, and they go in, and they get in the Millennium Falcon, and you just, as a fan, as a, an original, hardcore Star Wars fan, you're in awe. You are truly in awe. All right, here it is. This is Star Wars. This is the Millennium Falcon. This is blah, blah, blah. And they live on that history. But there's a stretch of new stuff. The ship is older. They're calling it a piece of junk, which they've always called it a piece of junk. But um, when they meet up with Han Solo at that point, you know, the, the, the crowd screams, at least the first night, the first Thursday at release that they did. Um, you have all this love of the show is brought back to the forefront and that that fine love we all have for Star Wars is there. That's the appeal to that. But the, you know, the part that was really tricky in my mind to do this was to do it so much so that it intrigued that new person. Because keep in mind, in addition to, to dealing with the person you're trying to appease now, which is the, the hardcore original fans, now you've still got to keep these these new fans strung along so it still needs to make sense independently of its own and at that point you know people that were there on, on Thursday night at, at the premieres may have had those fans in the theater that were screaming oh, and possibly those on Fridays but after that most of them probably didn't have too many of those fans in the theater so they didn't feel out of place they didn't feel like they 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 knew there was something there about the past because of Han Solo, but it didn't it didn't shake the very storyline of what the story was being told to them, so they could sit and feel included, and feel the same love that we felt for it the first time. Now, those two groups said, now you've got and even in my mind probably the hardest group of fans to deal with. And that's those fans that picked it up in the Jar Jar age. That younger group that was eight or nine when, you know, Star Wars Episode One came out. They grew up in that Jar Jar age, that potty humor age, that that joking and cutting up and and take nothing serious kind of kind of attitude that he brings to it. And it's in a different way, and I've heard this said, and, and I believe it was even Troy that said it to me at once, you know, that same type of attitude of 
not liking that character, disdain for his personality, whatever you want to call it, was like that in the original trilogy way back when, um, in the late 70s, about C-3PO. Now, I have to say, I don't know. I really, unlike him, I was young, but I do not remember that much more than saying, wow, look at the lines to get into that movie, and my brother being damn determined that he was going, not once, not twice, but multiple times. So, there was there was that. Um, then... I lost my train of thought here a little bit, so I'm going to try to get back on track. But this hard, this this young group, they need the comedy. They need the the they need to connect the original trilogy, not the original as in being not the original trilogy. They need to connect the first trilogy of the series with this one. They need enough in common and enough. Of that, of that outtake that we just discussed with the uh, you know a, a hardcore group and the new group, to still be tasteful for them, but to assume they could be in two different groups also. They could have watched those three films, or they could have chosen to skip those three films. And that's when it becomes very difficult in my mind. Now you're trying to appeal to four different groups of people, and I honestly think that I'm not sure that I personally could have done any better well, me personally I'm, I'm quite sure I couldn't have done any better but I'm not sure that that in my opinion I don't think that there's a lot of of, of extra attention that could have been paid to these groups to make sure that it came across better to all three slash four groups. And the reason I say three slash four is because I'm considering that those those people that were in those groups that are that are young, I mean, uh, how, many, how, many, how many of you know, have friends that had kids that are hardcore Jar Jar fans? I mean, you talk to your older friends and there's no way you could ever find any of them that were a Jar Jar fan. It just it just didn't happen. I mean, most of us had such dis, dis, dislike for him that it was kind of um, unheard of. But yet, if you go and find a friend who has a kid that's now on the uh, 9, 10, 15, 16, 17, maybe, maybe up to 20 years of age, when those films came out, and maybe even a little older, you'll find that a lot of them had kids that did like him that did make him a popular character and did make it something that was uh, enjoyable for that young crowd. Now, that young crowd is a huge group of Star Wars fans that needed to be included. Now, in most cases, I will tell you, and my, and my thought is, is that those fans and the hardcore fans are two different groups of fans from the same family. In other words, I'm a fan, I have a kid, the kid's eight or nine, we go to see 
the uh, the new the very first not the first the episode one and my kids get introduced into it at that point now being a, a real hardcore fan I probably would have took my kids to you know, probably would have set my kids down in front of the TV and let them watch three original Star Wars movies which I have to say I did um, I was also lucky enough that my kid didn't didn't like Jar Jar, so um, I don't have to worry about that either. But that said, there were a lot of families that have kids that that they did. They do like Jar Jar. They were buying the Jar Jar toys. They were buying the the Jar Jar merchandise that all of us kept thinking, "What the hell are they selling that for?" So that's kind of the the three or four groups of people that I think that these these. These movie makers, um, they had to consider when they were doing this because just going after what I love may get one group and, and it might make it work with a second group. But your good storytelling is, is, is more than just making money. I've heard that a dozen, hundred thousand times if I've heard it once. But in addition to that, it's also, in my opinion, more than just flat telling your story and not thinking about your audience at all. They have to think about their audience to a certain extent, whether it's money-wise or whether it's in order to include as many people in the story as you possibly can. Um, Now... Star Wars, whether we want to believe it or not, whether we want to accept it or not, is mainstream. And so therefore, they have to appeal to this original group of people that are, you know, in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And they have to appeal to that the, that the, the, the other fans that are in their 30s and 40s and, and 20s and 30s and 40s. And, the, and that middle group that's in their teens or late teens or early 20s and maybe even up to the 30s and then they have to appeal to this new group of people who've never been involved until just now and so that is why I think that this version of Star Wars was and will continue to be so successful now the problem with that becomes Will it have as long of staying power as the original Star Wars had? Because now, to a certain extent, you are pandering to three different groups instead of just the one group by just making the movie that's just purely don't give a crap about anybody but that said if if you write kids stories you have to just because the story takes you to an adult theme doesn't mean you tell the adult the adult story you stick with the kids theme the same thing's true with star wars just because the fans get old doesn't mean that you stop caring about the original, you know, uh, group. Just like if, if the Hunger Games decides in, in 20, 30 years from now to come out with a second thing. Um, 
then it's going to still be focused at teens. It's still a teen story. Um, so that is that is my thought. That is what I'm thinking um, as far as Star Wars is concerned. I think that it would have been very difficult to take a balance more balanced than what they took of making old and new fans happy with Star Wars. Um, when I thought about it, you know, and you think about some of the pieces of Star Wars you don't like, the way things went, uh, and there's a lot of things that I really love. I mean, uh, a few of the things that I like in, in the writing, and we can go over a few of those, but I, I think if you consider most of them, just to get done with this, this topic, and then we can, I can move on, if you consider a lot of them and why they did them or why you didn't like the way they did them or whatnot, I think you'll find that what I just said and argued for will probably answer a lot of those questions. And that can be argued if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, in my mind, I think overall it's a very good thing. Um, it It is something that had to have an impact on the writing because the fan base now is so large that you have to kind of work your way into all of those all of those fans and I think they did a wonderful job of that now um, if you want to talk about certain things in the movie that you really liked and the certain things that you really didn't like um that is a completely different story because that is from my standpoint what I liked and what I didn't like I personally think that although it was important to have that much reflection to the past I think it would have been better off taking less of a risk taking more of a risk and focusing on more of the new story and less of the old. I didn't have a problem with you know with him following in the footsteps of Darth Vader. I didn't have a problem with you know some of the the, the vagary of you know the the, the lightsaber um, being in the chest uh, and her finding it. I, I I personally think that that was set up by Luke. He knew that the Force would direct her in the way she needed to be directed to find that, to find this, to put the pieces together, to find the map, um, and to, to come to him. But, um, so those aspects of it, I think, were good. There's a lot of it that it wasn't necessary. It really wasn't necessary. But, um, so let's talk about some of the aspects that, that, that are new that, that we do like. The new cast freaking fantastic um, every single and, and I had I had a lot of doubts I mean I, I really did I kept thinking how how are they going to explain um, uh, how are they going to explain some of these things how are they going to explain that that clones turned out a, 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 a black um, trooper and it was very easy. It, it was a good explanation. It made sense. You know, the, the, they stopped cloning. They picked children up as they were 
um, from their families when they were young, when they shoes signs of, 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 of success, and they took them. Voila, perfect story, had no problem with it, think it worked well. But the casting, I have to say, is probably one of the best things that I think they did in this new Star Wars. Every single person they cast was very strong, very well done, uh, well acted, um, and I don't have any complaints whatsoever. Now, I think some of the undercurrents that, you know, originally we had this, oh, Luke was, Luke is Darth Vader's son, and nobody knew it, and it was a big, you know, big hoop-de-doo, and all that, and and I heard some people saying, well, I wish they had done, you know, left some of that to the mystery to in this group of, of films, and I think that what we're going to find out is that they did. We just don't know them yet, just as we didn't know them when we were sitting in that theater, and and Luke found out that his father was Darth Vader, and everyone in the theater was, was open-jawed. I think it's been... Um, I think we've been sidetracked by all the information they did give us. And if you think about it, actually, it makes a lot of sense. How were they going to hide things from you if you're looking for them? But if you're not looking for them because you think you got something... And then there's some things that are much more obvious that may or may not be true. Like... Um, uh, Ray is obviously someone's daughter. Now... Is it, is it Han Solo's daughter? Is it Luke's daughter? Um, I personally think, I, I can remember first showing Thursday night, I remember irritating my wife by leaning over and saying, is that Luke's daughter? Um, immediately, that came to my mind that that was Luke's daughter. Immediately, I suspected that she was. Um, to this day, I still believe that she is. Um... So, and, and, and that was well played. And I think that comes back to, in my mind, that comes back to the force leading her, her being led by Han Solo to the right building. Um, the, you know, the force kind of drove, drove them to the right spot where she would find it. It, in turn, then becomes hers, and so on and so forth. Then... There's some things that, that initially I thought bothered me, but then after I went back and watched and paid closer attention, they don't bother me anymore. So, for example, I heard a lot of people complaining about, um, well, how did, how did, uh, um, oh crap, what's his name? The Stormtrooper's name. Um, Rin. Yeah. I think it's Ren. How did uh, Kylo? I don't know. Maybe not. God, I just can't believe I still can't get these characters right. All this time later, and I'm still having problems with character names, which is just really unusual. Because uh, I mean, not that I'm really ever good with names, but uh, um, Finn. I knew it was close. Um, Finn. How did he, you know, he got the lifesaver, and how did he, how was he, you know, able to use it and fight and blah, blah, blah. Well, 
anybody can take a lifesaver in their hand and swing it. Um, he didn't hold off. He lost. If you watch him, he doesn't do anything except jab with it a couple of times in a, in a feeble attempt to stop uh, Kylo, Cairo, Kylo, Ren. Still having problems with that name. You would have enjoyed that part of the first podcast. Troy's probably laughing right now. You're welcome. Um, so, he didn't do anything but fight for a few seconds and lose. He didn't... If you watch, the, if you watch that part of the movie very closely... He, he was very unskilled. Um, he didn't achieve much with it. And he certainly didn't win. Um, then, uh, there, you know, there's so many aspects of this. I could go on and on and on and on. I think I'm just going to leave the rest of this till later. Um, and I, I just want to say, I think... They've done a great job with the movie. I think there's enough here that there's going to be enough for us to look forward to with uh, um, anticipation of what's next. Because now I think, now they've got it over with. They've appealed to everybody. Everyone's happy. There isn't any huge dissatisfaction with it. There isn't anything that's just tremendously flawed in it because they they made such an effort to uh, uh, appeal to everyone. Um, now they can let their hair down, and now they can let the second movie just tear it up in new ground, setting some some really good things, and not have to worry about it. Um, I want to go quickly into older cast: Emerson Ford, Harrison Ford, excuse me, and Carrie Fisher. Um, fantastic! Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed every second of all the classic characters showing up, thus proving my uh, my previous point. Um, they they 100% were um, look, looked forward to and enjoyed when it when it happened. The only thing that I wasn't particularly the only casting or the only character that I really didn't feel um, fit until of course you know Saturday Night Live's version of uh, Undercover Boss for uh, Adam Driver playing Cairo Cairo Rin. Um, that was just fantastic. That part of it was fantastic. He played it well there, but I just don't think he fit the the visual of him. Didn't fit so much in the in the movie for me. Um, I think it, he played the part correctly and all that. It just didn't really fit. Um, I, there's so much here. This could go on forever. Um, there's so many different good things and bad things about this movie. But I think overall, they made an exceptionally good movie. I also have to say, J.J. Abrams, um, I have been saying for years that you could do great TV, but you can't you know, do the movie. I'm wrong. In this case, this is a fantastic job of directing. Um, I didn't see anything that was out of place. Were there some slip-ups here and there? Yeah, there probably was. But you know what? In this movie, it might just be we don't know the whole story yet. So, um, I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to go on to uh, hopefully see a next next podcast or two and do some reviews at some point. And um, I will uh, talk to you then, and I really enjoy the Star Wars, and I look forward to discussing it again sometime. 
maybe in another podcast with someone. Then again, maybe I'll find Troy again and we'll do it again some point in the future. Maybe when the next movie comes out or sooner than that. I, I think there is something releasing here uh, with a spinoff for Han Solo soon. So maybe that. Either way, it's been great. It's been fun. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.